0: Global Eco Energy sell and install renewable energy products to domestic, commercial and public sector customers. With access to a wide range of renewable energy products, including solar PV, battery storage, air source heat pumps and eco-garden makeovers, we offer a bespoke service tailored to your exact needs. For a free quote and to find out more about grants and funding options, go to global-eco.co.uk.
1: Football show with Global Eco Energy. For your free energy home survey and a bespoke quote, call 800 5 7 8. Let's
2: go. Well, sub-zero temperatures and well below par performances in the main from the Scottish teams in Europe this week. Maybe pass marks for Aberdeen in Ice Station Helsinki with another makeshift team coming back from two goals down to get a draw with HJK. But after Celtic. Uh, kept up their miserable Champions League run with defeat in Rome on Tuesday night. Rangers blew their chance last night against Alice Limassol at Ibrox to nail down a spot in the Europa League knockout stages. This is the Go Radio Football Show. Rob McLean in for Paul poll tonight. Uh, Mark Guidi and Stephen McGinn are here. Mark, what did you make of Rangers?
3: It uh, wasn't a pr- good performance at all. Um, Rob, well below par, booed off off by their own supporters at the end it was a chance to nail down qualification last night um, and now they have to go to Seville and possibly get a a result there and the manager showing a real ruthless streak taking off Todd Cantwell um, before half time he could have probably taken off any one of six or seven um, players but the Rangers players need to improve Rob after the winter break sorry after the last international break we knew they were coming back into a heavy schedule a lot of big games that's Aberdeen away didn't win and uh, Aris at home last night didn't win the manager needs to be ruthless next month in the transfer window because if he's not those players will get him the sack we've got the previous two managers the sack they'll get him the sack too many there hanging about that are not good enough
2: the January transfer window Stephen becomes
4: massive doesn't it? Yeah, and there's no doubt we, we said when he, he, Philippe Clement got the job that there was work to be done in January could he get a tune out of the players? Uh, until then, obviously lots of big European games and domestic games to go none other than the cup final um, still probably gathering his best eleven that cup final team but yeah, it was a real surprise the two at Limassol results have been so different I mean, the Betis result the two uh, results against Sparta Prague obviously excellent results but um, the poorest team on paper in the group and they've really struggled uh, against them
2: Breaking news that Rangers uh, have confirmed the uh, completion uh, of the appointment of Niels Koppen uh, from PSV Eindhoven as Director of Football Recruitment that's subject to the receipt of a work permit uh, we seem to have been talking about it Mark for a long long time finally a Director of Football
3: Yeah and it's been uh, badly needed Um Rob uh, since Ross Wilson uh, left the club for, for Nottingham Forest and uh, Michael Beale was given full responsibility uh, between comings and Goins um, during the summer transfer window it was too big a task a manager needs to, or a head coach needs to be there to manage and coach uh, I and mean, I think Michael Beale paid the price for that trying to do too much so Philippe Clermont has made it clear from the start that he wanted a director of football whatever the fancy kind of title is, but somebody that takes a bit of weight off of him, somebody that he can work with and bounce ideas um, off of somebody with good contacts because Rangers need players, Rob. They need to find a way to wheel and deal um, next month because um, I'll say it again, um, too many of the players are not good enough. If Rangers are serious about becoming champions, beating Celtic between now and the end of May, they need to have better than what's already in the building and to do that, Philip Clement. Needs um, funds to wheel and deal, and he needs uh, staff there to help him.
4: What do you want in a director of football, Stephen? Yeah, well, my my take on, on a director of football is he's the club's guy. He's the one that the manager reports to. He's the constant within the club. That when managers change, when players come and go, he's part of the long term plan. So, I mean, I I believe that uh, Jim White had said on the on this show that Graham Sinus looked to become some sort of role within the club that I just put two and two together and thought it might be him Niels Koop and, uh, Coppins came from from nowhere really I've not been, seen rumoured I wonder if he's Philippe Clement's guy or if Rangers have identified him long term but you would hope no matter what happens um, for future windows that he is the constant he is the one guy that is going to look to the long term not just to win this league for this season but to get back to challenging on a more regular basis um, long term signings identifying them early because we know how difficult it is to recruit um, the top players in this country you really need to get in early and trying to identify them before the big leagues come so, um, but it's so, as Mark said it's something Rangers have needed we've spoken about it for a long time since Ross Wilson left so uh, it's finally good they've got someone in Rangers won. Arnest on Limassol
2: 1 and here's Philippe Clement talking about the game that we all wanted to win
5: that we started really good we started uh, the uh, the game good we with good pressing, but we missed also in the beginning of the game this final pass. We had several good moments of, of really good pressing, winning the ball, then having opportunity to put somebody alone in front of goal. But we missed the pass every time. So um, I felt some nervousness in the team more than than the weeks before, maybe because of the occasion. So that's something to work on, for sure. Um, after that starts, you get a goal against that is unnecessary and then you make it more difficult for yourself. Um, but we continued, ne- nobody gave up. I had to make a change early, what I don't like to do, but we were missing width on the right side and we were missing depth also with, because we didn't have running players behind the defence there or being high enough in position. I gave that message a few times to Todd, but he was coming into the ball all the time. So that's why I made the change and to put Rosin, who's more that profile.
2: So the permutations are that Rangers, who are second in Group C, need victory away to leaders Real Betis on March day six. No easy task to finish top or secure second by matching Sparta Prague's result against Aris. Should Rangers ultimately finish third? Uh, they will parachute into the Conference League Mark
3: Yeah um, I mean it's, they, they, they've still got all to play for in the last game but it should have been sewn up by now um, Rob in terms of winning games it was an inviting group and considering the start they had to beat Betis at home in the opening game yeah. I mean a terrific start and uh, they've, 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 they've stuttered too many times um, since then and for all them being critical of them last night they've still got a chance to rectify it however bigger picture it's not good enough picking up on Philippe Clermont's um, remarks there uh, which I think um, we need to speak about we need to highlight as Todd Cantwell is clearly fighting for his future at the club um, he needs to get up to speed with what the new manager is looking for and if he doesn't I think that manager is going to be ruthless or at least he'll have to be because if he's not it will ultimately cost him his job um, at some stage positives young uh, McCausland again lovely goal um, really lighting things up giving the Ranger supporters supporters um, hope but it's it's got to be more complete than that in terms of the team and in terms of where uh, Rangers are going. Now, at the end of this month, everything could be great, Rob. Could have the cup in the bag, they could win in Betis. they could go to Parkhead and win on December the 30th and everything could be brilliant. But right now, the evidence would suggest that's not going to happen. They're not going to tick all those boxes because the two big tests that they've had in the past seven days, they've failed both of them. Aberdeen away to claw back Points in Celtic when Celtic dropped points on Saturday, didn't they pass the test? Last night, chance to secure Europe, as Stephen says, give himself a bit of a, a comfort uh, week weekend into the cup final, didn't they win last night? And the Rangers fans, how many times have we heard the Rangers fans boo the team off the park this season? Yeah. I think it's been more this season than probably the previous five seasons um, put together. So the Rangers fans, I think, I'm not Philip Clemont, but I think they've had enough of a lot of the, the players there. Sima, Hardly kicked a ball In the past three or four weeks He's living in what he was doing Two months ago No good enough Lammers No good enough Cantwell No good enough It needs to be better
2: And the problem With some of these guys That Mark's just listed there Stephen If you want to If you want to, if you have to get rid of them To bring in fresh talent It could be difficult Because uh, You know th- They're on good money And they haven't exactly Enhanced their reputations
4: No That's a uh, frustration That seemed to I mean on social media last night after the game a lot of the frustration is still going towards Michael Beale in that transfer window from the summer Mark's right um, I think it was two months ago maybe less than that St Mirren where the, the fans held up a banner um, condemning almost the, the quality of the, the mentality of the group and they had an early, early bounce under Philippe Clermont which they did under Michael Beale. they did under Gio Van Bronkos, where they have that early burst in uh, real good form but I do think I feel for the squad as well some of them I mean Todd Cantwell it's a horrible thing to get subbed at half time um, it's never nice when you go back in at half time you address a few issues and the manager says right you know your day you're coming off I can't imagine how humiliating it would be 35 minutes into a game and as much as Todd Cantwell's not playing well I don't think any Rangers fan at the game last night would ever see him as a right winger Um Uh, when I I wrote out my team last night I I expected McCausland to play I think he's been the bright spark over the last few weeks I think he brings an energy to to it and Seema's not so much a ball carrier McCausland's a ball carrier they're going to have the bulk of the game he's someone who can commit players I think he links up quite well with Tavernier still got a lot of learning to do but I think he's at least bringing that uh, spark to the performance Why would you not start with McCausland last night? Well well, as I said he's gone with initial even when the team's written out I thought at least Lammers might go on the right and, and Cantwell play in the middle um, and then when the subs, substitutes happening, I'm thinking right this might be Lammers um, and then Cantwell moves into the middle and onto the right wing but I do think I do think I, I said it a few weeks ago Philippe Clermont hasn't totally loved Todd Cantwell from the start whether it's tough love whether he sees him having levels to go or whether he's just not for him it's been quite obvious and I think he's laid down a marker I think as, as a player on he'll be one of the higher earners I think the manager will address that today at training I think we'll have a conversation they'll both hear what they're not happy about um, and and they might benefit from that long term but right now I don't think uh, definitely he's definitely
5: not the answer at right wing
4: Here is uh, Clement talking about that decision to withdraw
2: Cantwell first half last night
5: I thought his best position is elsewhere but we've been in not a situation that we had a lot of players on the right side. Scott Wright was also not available today, for example. Ross is coming out of academy, taking his first steps. He's not ready to shine every three three days and and to play every time 90 minutes. It's impossible. Um, Rabi Matondo was injured. So we had a lot of problems. Last couple of weeks, players are coming back and we need to work hard. Uh, but I know that Todd's best position is... As a number 10 or more from the left side, yes, I know. So I'm really happy with him what he showed for the team last couple of weeks because he played that position and he can play that position. It's just a mental thing. If you say that he cannot play that position, it's not a big difference in the way we're playing about the the, the role in the number 10 because they changed a lot of position. that I mean.
2: Could this be the beginning of the end for Cantwell at Rangers, do you think,
3: Mark? Oh, I mean, you know, on one hand, the, the manager's criticising the player for not following tactical instructions, as in stay wide, stay high, but it was mm. coming towards the ball. Then on the other hand, he's praising them. Yeah. He's been really good the last couple of games. We just haven't won the last couple of games. Yeah. What, what was good about Todd Cantwell's performance at Pataudrin on Sunday? Tell yeah. me. What was good about his performance last night? So the manager's contradicting himself yeah. already and he, and he needs to be careful because that's where it all started to go wrong for Michael Beal. So, Philippe Clermont has been very, very good with the media so far. I think he's spoken well. He just keeps a lid on things and keeps things nice and calm and focused. But when you start to contradict yourself with a player, so say what you feel, say mm. what you believe. Are you happy with them, or, are, you know, it can't be both. What was it
2: everyone was saying about him after just a few weeks in the job, Philippe Clermont, Rangers have got themselves a proper manager. Yeah. I mean, There was a really yeah, positive Rob, reaction, yeah,
3: wasn't there? Rob, that's why I'm, I'm putting the thing onto the players mm. Now the manager's in the door six weeks. He's finding out about his players, but the evidence is there. I said at the top of the show, they get the pre, the bulk of them get the previous two managers a sack. Okay, so there's evidence here. They've won two trophies since come back up to the top flight. Two trophies in seven years. Reached a European final. Absolutely brilliant. A lot of great results in Europe to do that. But ultimately, the job of the manager and the players is to beat Celtic over 38 games. Right now, in my opinion, they're nowhere near good enough to do it. And I'm not saying Celtic are great shakes, but I think Celtic, right now, um, despite them not winning last Saturday and another defeat in Europe on Tuesday night, over 38 games domestically, I think Celtic are far superior.
2: The pressure ramps up uh, for a manager of Rangers or Celtic doesn't it so quickly because he, he got those first few weeks and everybody thought this is looking a, a little bit better isn't it and suddenly we're at the situation Mark listed those games Stephen coming up these
4: are massive matches I mean the, the pressure is intense isn't it Yeah I think one of the big frustrations is how well Michael Beals is obviously backed in the summer they spent a lot of money on some of these guys some have been really surprised I mean Sifuentes I thought it would be quicker for him to get up to speed um, obviously had a few injuries like like Celtic have but Celtic have been have, had a stuttery season and the Rangers fans have been looking at and saying how can we still have spent this money how can we have signed signed the experience they didn't sign the young players I think it's a, quite an old squad Um and, and they don't seem to be getting any closer. Even though Celtic seem to have taken a, a step backwards from last year, there still seems to be the same distance. It's almost as like if Rangers have taken a step back as well. Here he is, uh,
5: talking about the next few weeks, Philippe Clermont. Yes, we, we missed the last pass and eh? we missed some, some freshness, I think, also at this level. Um, I see Sima the last two games a little bit lower level after the birth of his, of his baby and less sleep. And maybe the occasion. I see also Tom coming in, but being less decisive than than, uh, than his first game. But it's, he's coming out of a out of an injury, so repetitive playing. That was also the reason not to start with him. Is maybe more difficult. Ross came in bright, uh, but we missed some. Yeah, the the last pass, the, the overview, the decisive moment. That we missed today because we were a lot on the ball, we came a lot also in the final third. it was not only the ball to keep the ball but, but to create in the, in the last part of the field, but there we missed uh, the precision today and otherwise you have a, a different scenario because the domination was there and for sure, the second half
2: there was another of his answers at today 's uh, media conference where he was talking about uh, the number of players who are about to uh, become fathers, uh, about to have kids in the next couple of months. He, he mentions it there in relation to Sima, the fact that he's just become, uh, his wife has just had a, a baby. Uh, he's listing quite quite a few excuses there, isn't he, in terms of tr- trying to get away with a, a really poor performance last night.
3: Yeah, I'm not. I'm not having the baby one. Um, you know, I'm not. I, I, I a player will get a seat. I'm sure at a hotel the night before the game or the the, the bed. So. You, you find a way to cope with that. You know, you, you've you got to go and do your work. Oh. You've got to go and be professional. You've got to be pre- prepared as best you can. Um, so I, I'm not quite sure where that's coming from and that's another one. I wouldn't use that again, Rob. <laughs> I'd keep right of that because yeah. you're leaving yourself wide open if you're starting to go down the road of of, of uh, using excuses like that. It did
2: uh, it did sound like a list of of, of reasons
4: there, didn't it, that, that were maybe not too plausible, Stephen? Yeah, yeah. Um... I think, I mean, what he's maybe wanting to say is he's speaking about decisiveness in the, in the final third and maybe a lack of quality with, with the last bit, why they're not creating. Um, what he might want to say is, how have how is our wage bill so high? How have we? I mean, I know they've got injuries, but when you think and you add up, you've got Tom Lawrence available, Todd Cantwell, um, Sam Lammers, Cyril Dessers, Danilo, Sima Just the wage bill on those guys, they're all available. And he's speaking about a lack of decisiveness in, in the final third. I think that's one of the things the fans would have demanded. They spend money in the, the forward area of the pitch. And you're thinking, what would they do for a guy like, what would Philippe Clermont do for a guy like Ryan Kent? I'm thinking, you think of the criticism he came under for, for scoring goals now, It's come back. But how have they spent that much money and they've taken a step back back the way?
2: More questions than answers uh, in terms of what's happening at Rangers at the moment and those massive matches to come after another disappointing result in Europe. Same goes for Celtic after the letdown in Rome. On Tuesday, which extended their miserable record in the Champions League, we're talking Celtic next, and we'll be hearing from Brendan Rodgers.
1: The Go Radio Football Show with Global Eco Energy, tailored and renewable energy products to suit your commercial and domestic needs.
2: Let's go. The Go Radio Football Show for a Friday, heading into the weekend. Back to business in terms of uh, Premiership football, but there will be uh, a few victims in terms of matches uh, not happening. Uh, this weekend Uh, we'll update you as we go and it could be a changing picture in the course of the next hour and a half on the show Uh, the games in Ayr, Greenock and Stirling have been postponed at the weekend and a pitch inspection has been arranged at Livingston as those freezing temperatures uh, threaten games around the country uh, a precautionary pitch inspection we're told uh, will be held at the Tony Macaroni 9 o'clock tomorrow morning uh, before the Premiership visit of uh, Ross County. It's a long way to go for no game um, and that uh, all-weather pitch um, yet again seems to be failing to live up to its name. But it is on at the moment and it is an inspection in the morning so stay tuned for that one. Air uh, United against our Arbroath, Morton against Dundee United in the Championship and Sterling Albion against Montrose in League One uh, were called off after inspections this afternoon. So uh, anything else happens, uh, we shall... Let you know that's the way it is as far as uh, matches off are concerned. We heard from Philippe Clermont, the first chunk of the show. Uh, We're going to talk a a lot about Celtic at this stage and we're going to be hearing from Brendan Rodgers who's being pushed a fair bit, not surprisingly, at the media conference today about uh, what hasn't happened in the past in the recent past in terms of improving the squad and what he plans to do in the immediate future to sort that uh, right out. And he was asked today um, about the Celtic ambition.
6: Well, that's the ambition. That's, you know, if that's the ambition of the club. Then, of course, that uh, that will happen. I think that it's... The, the club have been so well run for, for so many years and uh, from a domestic perspective, it's... Um, you know, that's been highlighted and and how the club has achieved and what the titles it has achieved. So uh so I think the next step is the is the European side and that's that's why I came back to hopefully be able to fulfil that in my time here.
2: So we're gonna see some serious action in the January window?
6: No, listen, I think supporters have every right. They want their their team to be the very best it can be, and if there's an opportunity to improve it in a, in a January window, then they will always like to, to do that. So our, our ambitions are the same. As the manager of the club, we want to always be progressing. You know, it's a club that's very forward thinking and wants to improve. So um, so if January we can do that, then I'm pretty sure the club will will give us every chance to, uh, to improve the team.
2: It's one of those baffling ones, isn't it, about Brendan Rodgers coming back to Celtic, the squad looking poorer than it did last season. And that, Horrendous Champions League record, Mark, goes on.
3: Yeah, um, it's not been good enough um, in in Europe. um, Rob, two points from six games last season, one point from five so far already out. I mean, I think the hope uh, when the draw was made um, back in late August, early September, was that Celtic could go into the last game against Feyenoord needing to win to get third spot. I think that would have been a, a scenario that everybody uh, connected to the club and the supporters would have expected. Um, I don't think it's acceptable, um, the results that that, that they've had uh, and they find themselves where they are in this section. However, they, they are top of the league uh, and moving into January, uh, I think there's been two or three, or there are, um, two, possibly three key areas that the manager wants strengthened in January Not waiting until the summer, Wants strengthened in January And if the right targets are there Rob I wouldn't rule out Celtic spending 15 million quid in January Wouldn't rule it out to strengthen the squad To get two or three of the right players in The message has been clear from the manager now He's sick of saying it and the board have certainly got the message No more projects, proper players
2: why was that not done in the summer window?
3: Well, I think there's a transition where there's obviously been uh, they've inherited or Brendan's inherited a lot of the targets that were already there under Ange and the recruitment department. Um, the bid for Jota came right out of the blue. Didn't see that coming. Couldn't knock that kind of money back. Absolutely um, not. So it's taken a wee um, while of adjustment um, to get in and January is a key month for them, but uh, I think the message is clear, and I don't think the manager is to be messed about with. You know, he is a proper manager, there's no point in bringing him back to mess him about. He knows what he's doing, mm-hmm. he's very, very successful, he knows how to be a winner in Scottish football, and he will have made his point very, very clear to the people above him and the people in the recruitment department. This is what I need, go and bring me some targets here's two or three of my own that I've heard about, go and look into them, do a deep dive. But if need be, I'll say it again, if need be, if the right players are there, I think Celtic will comfortably spend 15 million quid next month.
4: How much is missing in that Celtic team, Stephen? I, th- I don't think it's as... Uh, I agree, I totally agree that the manager leaving, Ange Postecoglou leaving, Brendan coming in, different styles, domestically... Are back in the place where they want to be in terms of domestically. It's really hard to to argue with them domestically. Part of the thing is how do they how do you progress in Europe? Part of my thinking for progressing in Europe would be you can't have another summer where you lose. From last year's team, you speak about experience in the Champions League. Next year, when we experience this, we're going to be better for it. The team that experienced the Champions League has Karol Staffelt in it, is Josip Juranic in it, is Aaron Moy in it it has Jota in it and it has um, Marcus in it and these guys go and then the next group come in um, wee bit undercooked again to start the season to start the campaign we see guys like Luis Palma who's been a success not featuring the first couple of games he's only just kind of found his found his way is the lack of European progress encouraging players to leave now Mark's right an offer comes in for Jota has to go is are they going to lose in the summer? Are Rio Hatati and Mattarelli going to go? If they believe that they can progress, I mean they've they've done it all in Scotland. They've won a treble, they've won a double. Do they believe they can get to a European final with Celtic? Do they believe they're going to have six games where they make no progress and say right, okay, I've I've been really successful. Loved the club, amazing club, good memories. Now I go. How do they how do they progress in Europe so that they can keep these guys? if Celtic had kept all these guys and thought no I'm just staying we can, or Brendan's coming and we can make a real stamp on Europe we can really, the, the club's going for it this year does that encourage Aaron Moy to stay on for one one more year does it encourage Macus to stay and say no this club's going places I don't want to go to America I want to stay here so that's my I mean as I said there's always going to be offers come in the club can't refuse it's a business model it's a country we live in you're always a, a jota comes in, you've got to take it. But how did the club progress? Because you can't just every summer lose five, five that, that, main that, players.
3: That, that, that's that will give them a better chance of progressing, Stephen. Keeping their best players. Yeah. I said this a few weeks ago. Brendan Rogers sits down with O'Reilly and Hatati and Kyogo and Carter Vickers and whoever else. Big bigger clubs with more money will be sniffing about and bigger leagues. See, so, listen, let's have a crack at this for a year. <laughs> I'm going to bring in, there Yeah, there's the evidence. I brought in two or three proper players in January that are going to supplement us moving forward. So, first target, let's go and win the league in May. Let's get right into the Champions League. Let's have a crack at this together. Give me a year. Give me a year. Just switch off, unless it's Jota money that comes in. Because that was not only brilliant for the club, it was brilliant for the player because he timed his salary by six or seven uh, times that. So, that's fair enough. But on the whole, Let's try and stick together. Let's go for it, message clear to the board. We've got Champions League money, more money than we've ever had. This will be the richest title in Scottish football, domestic football. So we don't need to spend. We've got we've got sixty million in the bank, fifty thousand season ticket holders. We'll t- bring in another seven or eight million quid for the punters, Don't forget the punters pay extra for the Champions League tickets, so yep. that will bring in more money. So if we want to give ourselves the best possible chance of going through another campaign where we are also runs uh, and on the back of once or twice embarrassing results keep what we've got and bring in better to improve it and that would then say to the guys you know what I'm still in a nice way I'm still boom, I'm going to the Champions League yeah I'll, I'll, I'll give Celtic another year and then I'll, I'll, I'll look at it
4: yeah. That's, I'm, I'm watching the body language guys like Alistair Johnson Cameron Carter-Vickers guys you can genuinely say we could make a real effort to keep him they could be Key players for this football club moving three, four years. As I said, guys like Jota, Rio Hitati, Matarelli, special young players that are going to move on. These are guys that have um Alistair Johnson's came from Canada. Um been a bit a big signing for Celtic. Cameron Carter Vickers hasn't really happened for him in all these spells in England. He's finally found a home. How do they keeping how do they keep improving to keep these guys? To say no, do you know what? We can go to Lazio, we can go and keep a clean sheet and nick it at the end, one 0 It's not one goes in and the second goes in you look at the body lines you
0: go
4: here we go again it's happened again
2: Have Celtic not missed a massive opportunity over the last couple of years with the automatic entry into the Champions League without having to go through the tortuous qualification process they've been able to plan across or should have been able to plan across the last couple of years to build up that squad and by this stage to be a whole lot better than having gone backwards it seems in terms of quality of squad mark
3: yeah, well, what, what they've had, yeah, you're right, Rob, they've missed out on the stress of, of that month of August. But right, also right, being
2: right. able to plan ahead knowing you're in the Champions yeah. League. Yeah, of course. In terms of how much money you can invest.
3: Yeah, but the model has been to be a selling club, Rob. Yeah. That's the business model. Mm. And, and there's nothing wrong with it. I'm not going to criticise them for that. It's a good business model. But what I'm saying is, if you want to avoid, or sort of give yourself the best possible chance of avoiding, then change that model for one year. Let's have a crack at it. Mm-hmm. Let's keep our best players and bring in better players in the positions that need strengthening. We need, for example, a new left back. We might need a new goalkeeper in the summer. We might need a right, strong, whatever kind of way you want to bill it as a central midfielder. And we need somebody to really go and really push Kyogo. Can we find better than Kyogo? Probably unlikely, but doesn't shouldn't they stop you you're trying. Um, so go and do that. So change the business model for a year, give yourself a chance don't have that body language don't have the manager sitting there don't have the fans, fans who've paid 140 quid for their Champions League package here they go again they go. potentially they're going to go through two full Champions League campaigns without winning a game yeah. Celtic get 9 points 20 years ago and then they go through so they, they, it, it's slow building uh, blocks but uh, I sense that the, the, the Celtic fans their patience is wearing uh, thin and I think it's wearing thin with the fact that um they want to see the business model change, not permanently, um, but just change it, just give ourselves a chance. And that
2: would then, if if what you're saying were to play out, it would give us some justification for Brendan just coming back to Celtic. Because he wasn't coming back to, to add another f- couple of league titles to what he'd already done before. Bit,
3: sorry Rob, you can't take league titles for granted. No, they're, they're proper achievements. Yeah, you can't take that. But Celtic that's are a bre- already, That's a
2: bread and butter. But, but Celtic are there already, aren't they? At the moment, they're established at the moment as Scotland's
3: a Scotland's top team. Yeah, but it's still yeah, but it's still a battle to win the league. Never mm. take the league for granted. Mm. Never take the league but, for but, granted. But what
2: what does that tell? What, how does that change your ranking as a as a club by winning by winning title after title in Scotland? Looking in from the outside, uh, but, but are, that, that that's.
3: The first and foremost, that's their mm-hmm. challenge every year.
2: Mm-hmm. But but to be to be a better club, I mean, should Celtic not have bigger ambition in European terms?
3: Yeah, they should. Of course, they, they uh, of course they should have. Um, but it's it's does does the the people who run the football club who look after the purse strings, um, they they're always more cautious than the manager, mm. and that's understandable. Yeah, uh, they're always more cautious than than the fans. But what I'm saying, I just sense now that. I think fans are fed up. You can hear me, Brendan Rodgers are fed up. You look at the Celtic players that have been there for the past two seasons. Oh, here we go again. Another spanking. Mm. Here we go again. We've played well for 70 minutes. No good enough. You need to play well for 90 minutes. You need to take your chances. So that's what I'm sensing. But just to go out to that point, winning the title is a big, big thing. It's not easy. Ask Rangers how easy it is to win a title. Mm. Not an easy thing to go and do. So I would never be critical or never take a title for granted because... A lot of effort over 10 months and over 38 games goes into securing a championship that then, obviously, at this moment in time, gives you direct entry into the Champions mm. League and the 30, 40 million quid, whatever the financial windfall is from that.
2: And is that the fans, the Celtic fans' philosophy as well? That that uh, let, let's let's not worry too much um, about getting thrashed in Europe or whatever, let, let's keep on winning the title? I think.
4: The winning the title probably just about keeps them at the door from from saying, no, something needs to change, this isn't. Because I even think, I mean, Celtic in my lifetime has been world-renowned in terms of the atmosphere on these nights. I don't think it's affected the atmosphere in the last couple of seasons. I don't think the Celtic fans really go there and believe they're going to win a game Mm -hmm. of football at that level. And I think it affects the atmosphere in my lifetime. And this isn't going back to... Big John's team Henrik Larson real superstars we are we a match for anyone this is in Neil Lennon's time and Gordon Stratton's time when everybody came to Celtic Park and got a real hard game win, lose or draw it was you mm. could win these games AC Milan you've seen a great AC Milan yeah. team lose to Scott McDonald who, who was signed from Motherwell the, the, it just seems like they're so used to it. They, they, they don't. I don't think they take the league titles for granted I think you can see with the celebrations at the end of the mm. season that they're not taking for granted but I think that's why they don't, they love to criticise the, the model because it is delivering these league titles that they crave. But at some point, it's got, as I said, the atmospheres have been affected in Europe and the money they're paying. I mean, they're paying all these money just to watch Celtic lose every
3: night. I, I think I think as well, Rob, there's been a total change in mentality in the past 10, 12 years. So Stephen cited Martin O'Neill's team into Gordon Strachan's team into Neil Lennon's team. If you want the first 12 years of the millennium, guys that hated losing and a manager that if you lost the game, my God, you were going to get both barrels. Mm -hmm. Well, it was Martin O'Neill, Gordon Stratton, Neil Lennon. I think there's now a change in mentality in terms of modern day coaching where we see a player makes a boo-boo messing about in his own six yard box and the opposition score. What's the first thing the manager says? That's on me, that's how I tell them to play. Mm -hmm. I think there's, I'm not saying that they like losing, but I think for a modern day player, it's easier to lose if that makes sense. Easier to lose than what mm. we had. There's more acceptance 20-30. of it. Yeah, 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 you know, whereas, now, and, and, and I get, I think Stephen's a great point in terms of the punters as well, turning up, you know, it's like, if, if, if we win the night, it's a bonus. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we you know, it used to be we're fighting to be in the top two now, it's so where let's just talk that we can avoid finishing bottom and, and win a couple of games. Um, so I, I think there's something in the mentality uh, and I think a lot of that to do with as well is you cannot go in and give players both barrels now. It doesn't work they switch off they go against you and they'll hunt you they'll have you at your job so it's it's a different way of dealing with defeats I'd much rather have it the way it was 20 years ago when we lost game. Yeah. by god you knew about it the old thing as well Matt and the Neil teams Neil Lent defend with your lives clear your lines and then get up the pitch and we'll try and give them a bit of, a bit of trouble it's all changed now and it's at the moment no for the better
4: I, I, in, in the last two years you see, they've had automatic um, group stage football mm. I think the draws have been reasonably generous in terms of winning a game at that level. Yep. Shakhtar, home and away, were, were beatable in both games. That Lazio team, to take six points off of Celtic, I don't think that Lazio team's better than Celtic. No, They, they, were, a poor, they were a poor side. I think, obviously, the nick at the Celtic Park, uh, undeservedly, I think Lazio would admit that but I think the draws has been generous um, compared to what it can be at, at that level. Charlie, how are you doing? Charlie McGrew
2: is uh, on the Go Radio Football Show. Rob McLean, Steve McGinn and uh, Mark Guidi. How are you? Dude, I, I was, right. I was actually hearing... a bit mental being this side. It. <laughs> I was hearing earlier on about your five-a-side skills, actually. Mark Guidi was raving about yeah.
7: you. <laughs> uh, Six-a-sides, we, 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 we scooshed it today. Well, we've been in the same team recently, so we're, we're flying. He's like a big John Hartson pinning defenders with the Puma Kings on. <laughs> <laughs> Is he still wearing them? <laughs> you're too kind, Charlie. <laughs> so Collar, what would you like to say? <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> uh, I'm listen, I'm just I'm just I'm just picking my son up for training there and I had the had the show and so I just wanted to talk about the Champions League scenario you're on about. It's a yeah. great discussion, by the way. Um absolutely brilliant. And I I was just getting back to you, um to Stephen McGinn's point on the the Strachan team and the Neil Lennon team and how there was an anticipation for the fans to win games and I think he's spot on with that and we felt that as a team when we used to go into games and um, I just wanted to explain a bit about how we played in the Champions League and I think and I know how Strachan's team played we played um, without the ball and without possession and we were comfortable in that and we knew and I think the cow probably knew that then. I think Neil Lennon... Uh, I think Neil Lennon accepted that we're not going to have a lot of the ball here. We'll sit in our half and we'll deny the teams. And see when you're comfortable without possession. I think that when you don't have possession in, on the on the night, you know you're just waiting a couple of chances and you have to take them. And I think Neil Lennon's teams and Gordon Stratton's teams both did that. Whereas Ange Postacoglu and Brendan Rodgers' teams all want to have possession. They're very possession-based. And when you... Try and play these teams in Europe It's like Trying to play them at their own game And it makes it a lot more difficult Because They're um, they're so much used to playing at higher levels In a higher standard elite. If that makes sense
3: Mm -hmm. So is there there a happy medium then somewhere Charlie?
7: Yeah well I think that uh, There might be I think that uh, When you're a high pressed team and all of it, and you've got a possession and you're a possession-based team as Brendan Rodgers' team and Ange Postecoglou's teams are in general. That's what they play for. Then I think when you don't have the ball, there's an element of stress within the team. So you think we're oh, no used to this. This isn't what our manager wants us to do. Let's let's press and win it back. And that's when you start pressing against the best teams, potentially at the wrong times. They pick you off. Now Brendan Rodgers this year, unbelievable performance against Atletico at home. And Postecoglou, unbelievable performances against Real Madrid at home, but the score sheet at the end of the game says you get beat. And I think that our, our, um, if you look at our stats against Barcelona and all that, you would suggest, and anybody watching the game would say, the best team were Barcelona, and the best team were whoever AC Milan is, as, as Stephen mentioned earlier. Um, so I think that. I think that it's it's I think a big party has being comfortable out of possession against these teams. And I think the happy happy medium, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know whether you can I think you can, I think you can tell a team, listen, there's gonna be long spells without a ball, but I don't think that's Brendan Rogers and Angie's Angie's style in my opinion. Listen, I don't know what he tells them before the game, but that's just how I see it.
2: Among the fans, Charlie, is there an acceptance, do you think, much more of an acceptance recently of Two points out of six games last season, one point out of five so far this time around?
7: Um, I think that the I used to find in the atmosphere, back to Stephen's point again, where sometimes when you you qualified two years in a row, which we did, you could feel the difference in the atmosphere in the second year at Celtic Park. There was almost a an expectation level that wasn't there when you hadn't qualified for a few years and then you got there. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So when you got got there, all of a sudden sixty thousand were cheering throw-ins. Yeah, the next year when you played Ajax at home, the fans were getting a bit irritated if you only won the game. And the, the more you're success, successful, the more the fan the expectation rises. And I think that's a big part of the atmosphere at Celtic Park.
2: And does does winning. Uh, is winning do you agree with what mark was saying in that and and I guess i I agree too that the the, the first level is you want to be winning the title you want to be winning the title every season but yeah. how disappointing is it that the the European results are a pale shadow of what they were for Celtic?
7: It's it's really disappointing. Everybody's disappointed, including the manager and the staff there. I'd imagine are, are devastated because Brendan Rodgers stated him back he wanted to improve that.
1: Yeah,
7: but I think that we, we can't take for granted. Like Mark said, the titles, the trebles. I mean, the success Celtic have had in the last fifteen years is off the charts. It's unbelievable, and there will be a day when we'll look back and think that was un- that was that was an unbelievable time in Celtic's history. And I think we can't take that for granted. Of course, we want Europe to be much better. And that's the goal. Um, So, uh, my opinion on how it can be better is having a team on that pitch that's willing to accept not having possession. And that sounds so negative, right? But Mm. if you go and play these teams at their game, you'll have a certain percentage of the ball. You might create one or two chances but over time they'll break you down and they will be more clinical than you in both boxes and that's as simple as the quality is. That's as simple as these top teams are, in my opinion.
4: Yeah, I said I thought that Brendan Rodgers is a more rounded manager from being at Leicester and playing against these teams. Obviously his Leicester team were well-renowned. I watched some of them against uh, my brother's team and they'd have all the ball, totally dictate the game. Then they'd go up against Man City, or Liverpool, the top teams in Europe at the time. and They would play a bit more like Celtic played the other night where they'd be more cautious. They'd play about the back. They'd try and take the sting out of these teams and, and build. At the same time, you do sympathise in terms of the subs the other night when Lazio can bring on Immobile and Pedro, um, two of the greatest forwards in, in the last 10 years in Europe. So you sympathise yeah. a bit in quality, but it does get to that point where you right, but at, at one point, are you going to turn that draw... At home to the, I know it's athletic but you get down to ten men. Are they going yeah. to go and try and get that winner? Are you going to go? And, is this crowd going to roll them over the line where they go and win a game and put the the monkey to bed and say, right, that's that, draw a line in the sand. That's as bad as it ever got in Europe. We're doing great domestically, but let's build on that.
7: Yeah, I think I think there's no doubt about it that they want to build on it. Um, the, the, the golf and quality the other night was unbelievable in terms of you mentioned the subs that come on. Uh, Pedro and the likes is, is, I mean he, he would obviously walk Into the Celtic team And would have, would have, would have been the, the top player For Celtic the other night So There is a golf in class So you need to sometimes Accept that and, and swallow your pride But I think you're right In terms of Brendan Rodgers went to Leicester And he played against Man City I remember And he sat in a low block And let Vardy Vardy on the break And I think they, they I think they might have scored Five goals And, and, and beat them 5-2 yeah. It was something like that um, Brendan Rodgers So I think that he knows that way of playing and I think he understands sometimes you need, to can, you need to deny space behind and deny space through your team against these teams and hope your goalkeeper is a good night and also hope you defend as a unit well because you'll always get chances. And, and I think that maybe expected to see a bit more of that in this campaign. And, and, and I mean, when we look back at our campaign when we qualified, we get 10 points. Only one of them was against Benfica. Yeah. Six of them were against Spartak Moscow. And three of them were against Barcelona. It, should, it could have possibly been four against Barcelona. They scored in the 98th minute, but again, or the 90th, 92nd minute, or something, in the last kick of the ball. But these are the, the, we've done the same game plan in every single game in terms. I just sat behind the ball and let them have possession, and it's it's a it's, it's a way to play the game. It's not the nicest, and and, and understand Ange Postecoglou as well when he speaks about how if he starts changing, then his team starts seeing a chink in his armour in terms of the way he sees the game so he, he played the other night against Chelsea down to nine men he still kept a high line and pressed so his way of thinking there is well I don't want to change because that shows that I don't believe in what I'm doing I'm just sticking to what I'm doing and I can appreciate that but I'm just talking from my experience and yeah. and I did I, back to your point there um, Stephen I thought that the that Brendan Rodgers might have brought that element a bit more a, a Celtic they did at Leicester, um, denying team space like Man City. Charlie, thanks for calling. Thanks very much. Appreciate it. Good, Good to have you.
3: you. Cheers. Cheers, Charlie. Cheers.
0: Global Eco Energy sell and install renewable energy products to domestic, commercial, and public sector customers, with access to a wide range of renewable energy products, including solar PV, battery storage, air source heat pumps, and eco garden makeovers we offer a bespoke service tailored to your exact needs. For a free quote and to find out more about grants and funding options, go to global-eco.co.uk
1: the Go Radio football show with global eco-energy. Tailored and renewable energy products to suit your commercial and domestic needs.
0: Let's go!
2: That was a lively little first hour on the, the Go Radio football show. We had to move the furniture around a little bit to make things fit and it was good to have a contribution there from Charlie McGrew talking about Celtic uh, the way ahead and looking back as well at his time when he played in the team. Some interesting thoughts there uh, and thoughts we will probably develop in the second hour of the show. Good luck to Scotland's women uh, tonight, by the way. They're playing in the UEFA Women's Nations League in Belgium against Belgium, surprisingly enough. And it's a (laughs) 7.30 kickoff for that one. Some of the men's football has been affected by the weather already. Uh, Three premiership games uh, tomorrow. There is an inspection at Ammon or Tony Macaroni, if you prefer Livingston against Ross County, is the match that's due to happen. Uh, Inspection first thing in the morning. Uh, Elsewhere, Kilmarnock against Hearts in the Premiership at Rugby Park and Motherwell play Dundee at Fur Park Uh, Games off in the Championship here against Arbroath has gone at Somerset Park and uh, Capilone-Morton against Dundee United is a victim of the weather too Um, one match off in League One that's Stirling Albion against Montrose on Sunday three Premiership games uh, Celtic are in Perth to play St Johnston it's Hibs against Aberdeen And it is Rangers at home to St. Mirren. We've heard uh, plenty already. We'll hear a little bit more from uh, Philippe Clement on the back of uh, that Rangers disappointment in terms of performance and result last night against Aris Limassol. Uh, More to come from him and more coming up as well right now from Brendan Rodgers, who's been uh, talking Uh, on the back of uh, Celtic's disappointment in Europe against Lazio Tuesday night and obviously looking ahead to that game in Perth on Sunday. But a lot of the chat today was about uh, the transfer market, the... uh, action that's maybe upcoming in the January transfer window. Maybe he'll have to wait till next summer to get the players he really wants on board to add to the quality. He's also been looking back though at uh, transfers that didn't happen.
6: I felt when I came in here in the summer that uh, with the squad that was already in place from last season that we probably needed four players. By that I meant four quality to players to add to the squad. Now, how the, how the game works, you lose players. And there was... There was players that were earmarked to come in prior to me coming here so uh, but that's absolutely fine there's no problem we've got young talents here that will develop and grow and that's the model of the club Um, but of course to to continue to improve and and grow you need to also have players uh, that are established because they help bring those players on so uh, and and I'm very very confident that we can do that over the over the common windows so so I think once, one, once we get some of our players back, you know, Dyson and Leo uh, Abada and very important players for, for us. Uh, Rio Atati, when he comes back in January, will be like a new signing for us and he'll be great. But there's no doubt that we, uh, we, have, we have to add extra quality. We don't need quantity of players. You, you need quality and uh, that's how you improve.
2: It's interesting, uh, Stephen, to hear that, isn't it, from Brendan Rodgers about those uh, those moves that were unsuccessful for players. Maybe not too surprising that, that one would have expected that Celtic were, were going for players that ultimately they, they didn't get because we didn't really expect Brendan Rodgers to be taking over a Celtic team full of projects and development players and, and all the rest of it and not players that were really going to add to that
4: uh, quality threshold. Yeah, but Brendan knows knows how it works uh, we're in a country we're not like your Man City's or Chelsea's Saudi Arabia teams now where you can earmark a player and um, money's no object to go and get them there's going to be ones that got away over the years over these over these two spells at Celtic but I, I think I mean he says some signings were earmarked I think the, the speed of which Ange Postecoglou was doing business it wouldn't shock me if um, Yang and Quan and Tilio just in terms of the Asian market um, we're done really early coming in. There's ones that look quite promising in terms of I've seen firsthand over the last two games against Aston Villa how good League of Warsaw were. And Mike Navroki was obviously a big player for them. Had a promising start at Celtic. You're thinking that's the type of sign that could work. He seems to have fell off the radar. Um, so, but but as he's saying it, and and as Mark touched on, I would expect another couple of experienced signings, and I don't mean. Um, 30s, I mean, 27, 28-year-olds are ready to come in and play and, and help these guys uh, improve. Mark? Yeah, I mean, that, that, that
3: uh, clip that I've just played there, Rob, That's a, that's been a repetitive message mm. uh, since the, the window closed in August. I mean, if you go right back, um, one of the first ones where Brendan enlightened uh, the public, the media, stroke the support or stroked the public, wasn't he, said... Uh, I'll uh, coach the players that I'm provided with. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that was an interesting sentence that he gave away, um, and he's now made it clear again. He made it clear at the AGM, and he's made it clear again uh, this afternoon. Although that's new information in terms of the the, the four quality yeah. players, but it's been clear that by that he knew they weren't ready for the Champions League. Even though the draw, I would say the draw was fairly kind. And I think the draw was all made. I certainly thought do you know what. Celtic have got a fighting chance a second, could have be been a lot worse, bit, couldn't certainly, I thought Celtic, you know, seven points. I genuinely thought Celtic could get seven points minimum out of that section. I was very wrong. But anyway, um, they need to go and bring in better players. And, you know, the bottom line is, when you're bringing back a manager of that calibre and taking away the circumstances and when he left the first time but when you look at what he achieved and when you look at what he's done at Leicester he took Leicester at a European semi-final won an FA Cup when I'm down there and you had them top six a couple of seasons Um, he knows his stuff so bottom line is Rob for me you need to try and please the manager so if he's asking for A, B, C and D he didn't get A, B, C and D in August don't make the same mistake in January he's making it loud and clear and he's put it in the public domain the 60,000 Celtic supporters and then some I'm sure will pretty much all agree with them and they all put in collectively 20, 30, 40 million into the club every year with merchandise and season tickets. So, you need to go and deliver now from the manager. Enough's enough. And I know Celtic have been successful in their model but they need to tweak it every now and again. Yeah. And when you've got a top quality manager who knows his stuff, knows it better than anybody else inside that football club what's required mm. Go and help him out. Go and support them. Go and support Callum McGregor and all the other players that are there. Go and give them that help that they need to make sure. First of all, because January into you January have, you might have a very, very close title race. You might not. You might be 10 points ahead of Rangers. However, don't take any chances. Go and win the league and that guarantees you a crack at Europe in the next season and go and be more competitive. And the manager's making it loud and clear. In order to do that, I need quality, proper players in the building go and get them
2: and I think what he was also making clear today reading between the lines Stephen of what he said at the media conference was that this might not necessarily be sorted in January because January can be a pretty difficult transfer window to make radical changes to your team it just depends on availability at that stage the summer window is
4: a much more open house yeah yeah but they have had success um, in the last few windows. I think Dyson Maida was a January signing. Uh, Matt Raley, I think Rio Hatati as well. I think they've had success in that window in the last few years. Mm-hmm. But there's got to be... I, I agree with Mark. The business model, I mean, from a finance point of view, and you look at some of the players that, that come in and go for big money, but just... I think Brendan touched on the quantity. That the, the size of the squad is unbelievable. We, we speak about we're in a um, a smaller country we need to punch above our weight you probably can't get that many wrong there's got to be a couple of ones that when you walk in the door guys like Cal McGregor go oh it's a good one how have we managed to sign him it's the best feeling ever when you're a player when the manager goes out and signs a player you think he's good we know he's good and then the first day you go Mm -hmm. he's really good no projects nothing just right away in the building makes the team better unless he takes your position yeah well it's always (laughs) preferable if he's in a different position but I mean you look you at the, want, want the amount of games yeah. celtic play um i think it was um they got a lot of praise for it in terms of van Poster who would get to 60 minutes and make two or three subs almost every week um Matt Riley, I, I don't think he played 90 minutes Play a very small amount of 90 minutes and you and see how su- a big a player he was for celtic um, at times but it's becoming that way with the five subs the 60 odd games a season they play doesn't matter what position you improve in that position, everyone's going to play as long as they're successful. And as I say, in Europe, is the one bit, how do they How do they get better? And it is to get players that hit the ground running and right away improve the squad. And
2: as you say, um, it's a squad, maybe more of quantity than, than quality than Brendan Rodgers would want at the moment. Um, and players who are there might have to be moved on to create a little bit more spending power to get the sort of players Celtic want to get
6: next. Now, listen, to supporters of every right to, to to ask and demand for for the highest level expectations and that's what we uh, that's what we demand here also so um so yeah I think that I think there was an anticipation in the summer that a number of players were going to move on so replacement players were brought in that uh, that were ready to come in and develop but that didn't happen and then we, we end up with a, a bigger squad than what we anticipated but there's no doubt going forward now the one the, the squad will we'll come down in numbers and obviously we need to add quality like I say there's there's no dressing it up you know we um, for the group lost real quality players in in the summer so that's something over the the coming windows that we uh, will look to improve on
2: It can be uh, sometimes as much of a challenge getting rid of well-paid comfortable players who are not going to take you forward as as getting in new players Mark
3: Yeah absolutely um uh, Rob um, I, I would imagine that, that you know there's probably seven or eight players that Celtic could lose in that current first team squad that you know Brendan Rogers or the supporters wouldn't blink an eye no. uh, ab- ab- about losing with the greatest of respect to them doesn't make say they're bad players but it's just they're not what Celtic need um, at this moment and, and you know you're bringing in like you said 3-4 there's not wholesale changes required but there's an improvement mm. needed and the managers re- reiterated that again he's having home that message What's the word that he keeps using? Quality, mm. quality, quality, quality. Mm. So that's what they go and need to do. He's putting the onus right on the recruitment team and the board to go and support his vision for the club to move it forward. Um, and the, the, the other guys that, that are not there, then it's up to the, the club. It's not Brendan's job to, to get them out the door. He'll say, listen, I don't need A, B, C, D, E and F. Go and sort it out whatever way it is. Do so the sums. You sell them, up, them or yeah. you, you pay them up or you whatever it may be. Yeah. But there's the guys that we can get rid of, and there's the three or four that, that that I want to bring in.
2: What he's also uh, hammering home consistently is those three players who've been missing, uh, who are, and you can't argue with them, can you? Because Dyson Maida is an absolute machine for for Celtic. Lee Labada, the numbers, the the assists and the goals, and of course Ria Itate, um is such a a big figure in the Celtic midfield. So that that's virtually a third a third of the team.
4: Yeah, but it's part of. I mean. It shouldn't be, you shouldn't have a squad squad of 30 um, odd players, talented players, a lot of international players, and missing three players um, is such a problem. It it shouldn't be the case. It's different, maybe you're running with a smaller squad and it's part of your, you're juggling your finances and you're saying, right, we kind of try and keep this group, it's a a small group, we can try and keep them fit with a right chance. Then you lose two or three and you think, ah, that we gamble to go with a smaller squad on more money hasn't really worked so many players there's so much we, we see the finances the wage bills as huge it's cut over this over 30 odd players and as Mark said lots of them are never going to play for Celtic again um, and just going back to that interview he spoke about it again um, players go out in the summer and players come in to develop that's not re- I mean that's not how it should be at a club that's looking to progress at Champions League level and mm. um, you don't you don't hear Pep Guardiola say I'm, I'm lost a player. Someone's going to come in, and develop, they, they develop within that. Um, so and I know obviously finances are of a, of a totally different scale, but Celtic are the number one team in this country, and it is if you're going to lose, you're, there's not 25 jotters out there, but can you get one that's ready made? You, you see, Yang and Palmer, Brendan Rogers are still working really hard with them, on them at the side of the park, trying to coach them into the positions, the right positions to be at. You can't be doing that and two wingers in a Champions League
2: game and, and if your um, model is is right in terms of you know the plan that you were sort of hatching earlier on potentially for Celtic to to keep their their best players and have a real go under Brendan Rodgers at the
3: Champions League but,
2: but I mean holding on to, holding on to the likes of a Matt Riley that Matt O'Reilly that's going to be difficult isn't it Mark?
3: Well I don't know until bids come in Rob I mean he's, he's certainly creating a you know a good reputation for himself um, but yeah, just, you know, find a way. To, I, I'm not saying that if, if you keep O'Reilly and Hatati and Kyogo and Carter Vickers, it, you know, you're, you're, you're going to go and get in the semi finals of the Champions League. But I think if, a, if you're a Celtic supporter, Rob, um, you know, just taking it for their angle and you're putting in your money, your season ticket money, then your Champions League money, 100, whatever it is, 130, 140, mm. quid. you're possibly travelling away from home to go and see and they don't, they don't, nobody forces you to do these things but if you are doing it you're making a financial commitment to the club um, I think there's the you know for the supporters and, and Brendan mentioned it there in, in, in his, his interview they deserve yeah, they, de- they deserve to see something more competitive at that level now by the way domestically it's been fantastic absolutely um, fantastic five trebles and you know all the rest of it um, whatever it is 15 titles this millennium, whatever it may be, maybe it's more. Um but in, in, in Europe it, it needs to be it needs to be better and I think the fans um deserve that too because they're looking at a club that's that's brilliantly run that has got a model a model that, that Rangers would love and are, are aspiring to. Um however we'd rather only have fifty million in the bank but a team out there that that mm-hmm. that, that was that, that got the three proper players the manager was looking for we spent 20 million of that to get the three proper players that we're in for and we're granted the the Feyenoord game on December the 13th and if we beat Feyenoord we're, we're, we're in the Europa League we're, yeah. we're finishing third place. there's improvement we get mm-hmm. two points last season this season we've got seven points there's the progress because we brought in three or four proper players okay we've got 20 million less in the bank but hey we'll still get 50 million in the mm-hmm. bank and we're, we're pleasing the supporters we're pleasing the the players in the picture, Callum McGregor's and all those guys, said, "Wow, look at that! I've, I've got a right, I've got a right good player in here." Be saying, "I've got a right good player that makes all the proper runs up front, rather than than than, than a couple of projects."
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And and Mark's not talking about ripping up the the whole script. He's talking
2: about just shifting the balance, still keeping some money in the bank, but investing as well in the team.
4: Yeah, and and as I said, you go and get. I mean, he's not looking for ten ready-made. Uh, starting as two or three, um, a good core. I, that's what I think. When you look at the Celtic team over the last few years, um, I think they have lost a bit of a bit of experience. I think Carol Stafford was a good age. Jack Macus was a good age. Juranovic was a good age. And you are looking at it and you're thinking it's... It's a young, it's a young squad. There's a lot of people doing a lot of learning at a very harsh level for Celtic. I mean, it's Champions League level. It's, it's so unforgiving. You look at the Lazio game. Thought Celtic were good in the night. They only looked like one winner. You switch off for 10 seconds, and next Champions League winners put the ball in your net. But even the first game, Stephen, find away the way. We're talking about you're talking
3: about having to coach guys, shooting guys that aren't ready. Look at what happened to Celtic. Lagerbiel. and I know they get decimated with injuries in the centre of defence? And that was really, really unlucky. However. He's going in there. Naive. Totally naive on the night, you know, with the, with the second yellow and, and the pair. It wasn't a stone waller, but he shouldn't be doing that an experienced guy wouldn't have done that to uh, home comes off the bench straight red. Mm-hmm. Poor tackle. Should never be doing that and that's where that's the opening game. You're fairly covered. I don't think Celtic were great on the night. I thought they were they were they were decent mm-hmm. and they could have got away with maybe a 0-0 or a 1-1, but those Silly mistakes at that level, that naivety, yeah, cost
4: them dearly. Yeah, and and, and set the tone for the campaign. It, yeah, at clubs at Celtic, you speak about developing and making. Your, are they going to learn from it? You don't. Lagabelki goes out, the team doesn't make the next Swedish uh, squad. Liam Scales comes in, a full internationalist now. You don't get time at Celtic to develop, to make mistakes. Someone else is ready to come in take your jersey. We're talking football on Glasgow Zone for another 40 minutes.
1: The Go Radio Football Show. With Global Eco Energy. Design your bespoke solar PV system and meet your energy needs with no upfront costs. Let's go!
2: The Go Radio Football Show. Rob McLean in for poll uh, tonight. Mark Guidi and Stephen McGinn are here in the studio as well, good luck to Scotland's women uh, tonight. They kick off at 7.30 against Belgium in the Nations League. And uh, today was the day that Rangers uh, confirmed that they had appointed uh, a new director of football. He is Niels Koppen, uh, head of football recruitment. Uh, work permit still to be got for him. I think he starts in January is the plan. And he leaves the Dutch club PSV Eindhoven when he was head of scouting And the Rangers fans will hope that uh, recruitment, the graph of recruitment, is going to be uh, uh, moving in an upward direction um, after uh, some pretty uh, disappointing results on that score of late. A disappointing result last night, of course, against Aris Limassol. And uh, who came to the rescue? It was uh,
5: Ross McCausland. It's important uh, for everything around him, but... In that way, I'm really happy with him also. And you saw it about all the stuff around uh, the renewal of the contract or signing at at Rangers. He stayed calm all the time. He's not somebody who gets carried away fast. We talked about that, about um, that he will uh, get a lot of new friends now when he starts to get in the team and being decisive. That's part of football. But he's ready for that. Um, so I don't have any fear. The only thing is expectation from the fans, yes, don't expect from him every three days to be the the shining star and to be decisive every time. He needs to grow, he needs to become stronger, he needs to do it step by step and it's uh, about us, all staff, to guide him in a good way.
2: And maybe mark become on wishing he'd started with Ross McCausland last night.
3: Yeah, but, but he, he explained his reasons why um, he didn't. It makes mm. sense and, you know, I think what he said in, in the couple of clips that you've played about it has been good. It's good management. You can see the logic, and he's explaining these reasons why. Now, you might not agree with him, but at least he's given mm. you an explanation. I don't want to start him. He's not ready to perform for 90 minutes. He's not ready to have that pressure on him. We need to put him in gradually, in and out. But what the young McCausland has, has managed to do last night with his goal, and not just his goal, his, his overall uh, performance, he, he gave a spark to, to the team and the, and the fans in the stands, got a lift. Um, from seeing him tough game on, on, on Sunday against St Mirren coming up and don't forget how important the league is um, I'm, I'm pretty certain that McCausland will start um, on Sunday but the, the manager is doing the right thing the manager and the staff are protecting McCausland they know his value they know about his, his ability but um, it's it's just protecting him uh, as well because he's a kid you know other guys should be, should be taking more responsibility and, and Take more of the, the onus to go and make things happen but um, it's a real real positive in the past few weeks what McCausland has given to the team and the fact that he has uh, placed his foot at the club by signing a new contract
2: There's no point in saying that that is a big game on Sunday every game is a, is a big game a big game for St Mirren as well your old team uh, Stephen because uh, they've lost a couple haven't they 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 lost on Tuesday night in in Dingwall uh, and suddenly the, the league table
4: looks a little bit different for them yeah, it was definitely closer. I mean, they, I think they expected uh, Hibs, Hearts, and Aberdeen to come. I don't think they they thought they were just going to sit in third all season without a, a challenge. Oh. I think. I mean, Livingston was a, a good solid win last weekend. One nil win at home. They're excellent at home. Tuesday, Tuesday, a Dundee away game, and Tuesday I, I didn't see coming. I don't think they're type of team that expect to lose those games now. Very well organised. Don't give much away and. I think they can score from from a few different angles now. I think they've got a lot of attacking options, um, but I think obviously the approach go changes for going to Ibrooks and and Sunday. Um, I don't think I mean Stephen Robinson isn't going there thinking right. We're going to go all out attack and we're going to go and win the game. But I think off the back of um, Rangers drawing two games, they're not the free flowing best. They're going to make Rangers uh, life really difficult for Rangers and sun, uh, Sunday. And as they proved at Celtic Park recently, they're a very stuffy team and very hard team to beat. Just looking at that at the league table, so St
2: Mirren now twenty two, Hearts twenty, Hibs eighteen, and then Kilmarnock and Dundee on on seventeen. So it's a it's a little bit closer. But I, had, I mean, you know, if you'd said to Stephen Robinson at the start of the season, fourteen games in, you'll be on twenty two points and you'll be third in the league, he would have uh, snapped your hand off. Yeah, I
3: mean, I, I mean, think come come the, the winter break, Rob, in January second, most teams have played maybe you know run about the kind of twenty game match. So will be slightly over halfway, and if St Mirren are sitting on 25, 26 points, they'll be absolutely thrilled. With that, you know, that's a great return. Um, you know, I'm sure Stephen Robinson would rather be in 30 points come the winter break, but when you look at that, because the the the, the kind of target you know, your teams that maybe you know, if you like, maybe potentially threatening relegation over the course of a season, they'll look to target, um, sort of 10 points every uh sort of quarter, if you like, you know, get to double, then get to 20, and then take it there. So ultimately, they'll want to try and get to 35 as quickly as possible. Once you can get to that, you're pretty much going to be. See if you're not going to go down, and then if you're you, a couple of games after that you can build a couple of points. But for St Mirren overall, yeah, it's not been great the past um, uh, couple of games away from home, mm-hmm. um, on the road. But over the piece, it's been absolutely yeah. uh, terrific and brilliant to see the St Mirren fans buying. It. You know, loves no love street. The, the, the stadium sold out and, and, and the punt really buying in and, and getting what, what they what they deserve as well.
4: I think it was simpler when it was Love Street, wasn't it? <laughs> aye, aye. The smize I the stadium. I think, it's, uh, I think the frustration is they did have a lead and and they've just come through a run of four games. Hibs at home midweek, um, Dundee away, Livingston at home, Ross County away and you thought, this is a, wee, this is a little chance to put a marker down. Obviously Aberdeen still in Europe, Hearts and Hibs not really hit top form at, at the point before the Hibs game this is a chance that, I mean if they really if you, you look at 10 points out of 12 what a, what a marker that is um, going into the festive fi- fixtures but all of a sudden you take four points from 12 you see the other team start to build up a bit of form a bit of momentum and then your next game's Ibrox. Um but as Motherwell proved last week I don't think Celtic and Rangers are as good as they have been for the last few years Um it's not a game you can write off I think St Myrna have got the quality there as I said to go and make life really difficult for Rangers on Sunday
2: Yeah I just wonder whether that game becomes in a sense almost more awkward for Rangers because St
4: Mirren have lost a, a couple of games I think I think it's awkward in the sense of, I mean I was at the recent game in Paisley um, I don't think Rangers had, had very much of the game it was a very even game not a lot happens Ryan Strain obviously then gets sent off Rangers score the penalty and the game's done but up until that point St Mirren making life really difficult for Rangers and it's what you've come to expect with St Mirren and Stephen Robinson's team I, I don't I, I've been to a lot of games in the last few years against Celtic Rangers and there's not lots in them where they just get blown away um, it took a late winner obviously um, for Celtic to beat them so Rangers know what's coming on Sunday and, and that's why I was, I was just writing out a potential team you look at the midfield options over the last four or five years, Rangers have just been set on that two defensive midfielders. But I think that was all well and good when you had the quality of Stephen Davis and probably Glenn Kamara at his peak Rangers career, where they were running games. Now it's at the point where Raskin's injured, Ryan Jack's injured. Is there a need, especially in the home games, home to Aris Limassol, this game on Sunday where they're going to really, the crowd will be looking to take the game to St Mirren, who'll make life difficult. Is there a need for those two defensive midfielders? Is there... Can they make a case for maybe playing Lawrence and Cantwell in front of Al- that the way Celtic do with McGregor behind and Hattati and O'Reilly? Yep. Is, there a, is there a way of become putting out a more attacking lineup?
3: I'd certainly have Tom Lawrence in the team. I mean, I, I, and again, I listened to Philippe Clement's um, reason for not playing him. he's still get injured, but I think he is a player that that, that can affect the game. You know, he, when he picks up the ball, and he lifts his head. The one we you know one two he's always looking to get a pop at um, goal that. I think he really enhances mm-hmm. the Rangers team and I think he'll be important on, on Sunday because ultimately first and foremost St Myrne will come to be difficult to beat Yeah, you know, they'll, they'll pack it um, in numbers uh, and then they'll look to pick Rangers um, off because there's a bit of fragility uh, with Rangers part- you know it'll be fresh in the players minds and managers booed off the park um, last night so they need to turn up on Sunday with, with a point to prove but I'd certainly have Tom Lawrence in the starting line
2: We'll talk uh, about St. Johnson against Celtic uh, as well or, which is coming up on Sunday but the the third game uh, that's two days away is Hibs against Aberdeen which is quite intriguing um, as well. Aberdeen have had real problems going Thursday to uh, Sunday uh, but a pretty good comeback Stephen from them last night. Uh, the snowballs were flying in, in Helsinki um, and Barry Robinson's team managed to come back from two goals down.
4: Yeah, I mean uh, it's, it's one of the oldest cliches in the book but goals definitely change games Um, and that was some goal I mean (laughs) at 2-0 it was almost a relief to see Aberdeen make their way into Helsinki's half and all of a sudden Angus McDonald scores an absolute world day you could see it rocked Helsinki a bit and Aberdeen grew in the game Um, Barry Robson spoke in the press and and admitted that he he gave him a bit of a rocket which he'd expect and it was just a totally different Aberdeen performance, and second, that was Aberdeen performance we saw in Frankfurt. That was the one we've seen at different times this season at Ibrox, where they just go first 25 minutes, but almost the shackles are off, and they're saying, "Look, we've got good players. We've signed players for for good money here. We've got a collection of good players. Men, there's a there's a physicality about them. They're a really aggressive side. Let's play with that aggression. Let's play with the front foot, and they get after Helsinki and." and if the game had went on another 5-10 minutes, I think Aberdeen would have won the game. And they made
2: seven changes uh, as well to the team. Mm. Um, and I admittedly, it wasn't working first half because Aberdeen didn't adapt in the way that Helsinki were really comfortable in the conditions and on that artificial surface as well. But I, I guess what gives them great heart, Aberdeen, is, is
3: what they produced
2: after the the y the goal from Angus MacDonald in the second half.
3: Yeah, yeah they've, they've got a lot to be pleased about, Rob. Again, it's just unfortunate you know, getting into last night with two games to go. They've got nothing to play for. Yeah. Um. would have been great. You know, getting, getting back to Petardry, um, on the last game. Like we we're talking about with with Celtic. Um, with everything to go, we could imagine Petardry would have been bouncing. But but it's lessons learned. Barry's a young manager. Um, Steve Agnew beside him, who's an experienced coach, and a, and a lot of the players haven't had that experience. So, um, lessons will have been learned. You know, I think Barry. Um, he's admitted that himself but As you said Rob Particularly in domestic games On Sunday When he said he's you know, Should have freshened things up A bit more mm-hmm. command away from home Yeah. Uh, springs to mind So um, They're back at home and, On Sunday did you say to, to to Hibs They're away They're away Easter Eastern Road, road. Yep. Um, So It's a chance for Barry um, To then look and see There'll be a couple of boys That he might not have thought of um, Starting Sunday That'll be really buoyed And really confident After the way they've managed To get themselves back Into the game um, last night so yeah and for Aberdeen as well Rob it was a really good point um, against Rangers um, I don't think Aberdeen deserved to win the game but it was no. certainly a good point from their point of view but remember where they are in the league they need to get points as well they don't want to be getting Enough. into that winter break they've got a cup final to focus on so yep. they'll, they'll lose a game that, that weekend so they need to be very very careful Barry will want to get up to 20 points as quickly as possible and they're well away from that at the moment. I'm just looking at the table, yep. um,
2: and despite I mean, 13 points, 13 points yeah, 12, so. twelve games, yeah. which
3: is way below
2: oh, where, where they would have yeah. thought they would have they would have been. And and I, and I guess a lot of their best performances this season have been in the European games.
4: Yeah, definitely. And I mean, they have been a bit. I mean, some of the performance they gave, as I said, I keep mentioning it. The the performance they put on in Frankfurt was outstanding. You're thinking this is a right good side playing a very, against a very good team um, and then you watch them against Kilmarnock and you think, How? I understand the, 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 not motivation, you go out to win every game, but the, the circumstances around it, you're expected to go to Kilmarnock in a, a hard, um, hard game against a team that's very excellent at home, very physical, and you don't turn up. Um, but I think from Hab's point of view, you're looking at the week Aberdeen have just had in terms of what they put into Sunday's game against Rangers. You're watching the game from the comfort you're your sofa, and you're watching the, the conditions, it's on AstroTurf, what they're putting into the game. I know he made a few changes, but from a Hibs point of view, you'll never get Aberdeen at a better time.
2: Yeah.
4: Um. I, I thought they won, I wasn't expecting Hibs to win up at um, Pittaudry, but I think it's a real chance for Hibs to, to win on Sunday.
2: We spoke about
4: uh, that St. Mirren game
2: upcoming for Rangers. Obviously, the League Cup final is getting closer, a couple of weeks away. Uh, Rangers against Aberdeen, so
5: busy few weeks for Philippe Clément.
2: No, it's still a
5: few weeks that I have time to think and to see what the situation in the team is also. So um, we had already uh, quite a a few um, interesting weeks in that way by players who were injured or players who get injured or players who get babies and there are quite a few who will get babies in December and January. So those are things to to look towards because we need everybody at their top level, and we need to work hard for that.
2: That was that Clément clip I was alluding to earlier on, Mark, I knew you weren't going to enjoy that one even, as much as you enjoyed the one earlier. Where, um, yeah, is that a, is that really a factor?
3: Well, my opinion it, sh- it shouldn't be, and again, it's just wee things that that will probably learn there's just certain things that, that you might think and might be a circumstance that you need to deal with it's a nice human behind touch. the scenes yeah but it's not the kind of thing that I'd be putting out in the public domain immediately after a, a result in a performance like that last night yeah he obviously feels
2: Stephen he's got to throw a few things in today at the media conference to try and uh, cover up for what was a really disappointing outcome last night
4: yeah and I think it's probably I mean when he took the job he's probably right okay a couple of months until January I've got two or three layers in my head that I'd like to bring in um, I'll just kind of manage this ship try and keep it on course so I'm not too far behind when I get to January because this team's lost its manager for a reason the, the quality across the board isn't good enough but all of a sudden you're caught I mean life at Celtic Rangers it's just so intense so um, constant you have press conferences all the time all of a sudden you've, you've your first bad week where the results are, are turning and you don't get the luxury of saying no we give me a month until I get a transfer window. You're judged on the decisions you make, You're making substitutions at 35 minutes, it's half-time in, in the semi-final for, for good and bad reasons. And it's probably the first time where he's just been desperate just to say, no, I'm, I need a couple of players here. Um, he's, he's did all the right things in terms of, if I was a player in there, he's, he's praised the the quality of the squad and trying to coax a bit out of ones that maybe he's not, uh, Michael Beale didn't get um, enough out of. He's trying to get that better, but um, I do think you can just start to sense that he's just desperate for that January window to open. Stephen McGinn, Mark Weedy, Rob McLean with you till seven.
1: The Go Radio Football Show with Global Eco Energy. Tailored and renewable energy products to suit your commercial and domestic needs. Let's
0: go!
2: Before we're finished, we will uh, talk about the six Premiership games uh, this weekend. Three tomorrow and three on Sunday. Uh, three tomorrow as long as the one at Livingston passes its morning inspection. Nine o'clock, I think it is, at the Tony Macaroni uh, for Livingston against Ross County. To see if that one goes ahead. Kelmanic play Hearts at Rugby Park. Uh, it's Motherwell against Dundee at uh, Fur Park uh, Sunday for Hibbs and Aberdeen, we've been talking about that one a little bit. Rangers, Saint Mirren, and Saint Johnstone against Celtic. Brendan Rodgers versus Craig
6: Levine. Yeah, yeah, no, he's obviously had a very good career. Craig looked like he was staying on your side on the on the media side, but got itchy feet and, and came back in. So um, no, listen, he's he's a manager of experience and and uh, and obviously has some outstanding quality so uh, so he's obviously gone in and settled them down and, and got them structured and playing to a shape that uh, makes them difficult to beat
2: On your side the media side I thought he was about to say the dark side there Mark for a minute Brendan Rodgers talking about Craig Levine who has had an impact hasn't he?
3: As you kind of yeah. thought he would Yeah um, you know, A couple of good results um, a disappointing one at Ten Castle uh, last weekend but yeah but over the piece you know the first task was to to get St Johnson off the bottom of the table, so he's achieved that, but then they'll be looking to, saying, Oof, there's Ross County picked up four points um, out of six. Livingston at some point that run on the end, you know, they, they have six in a row, I think, six defeats yeah. Um, yeah. in a row. So, um, yeah, you'll just be looking to try and uh, find a way to nick points here and there, Rob, as I say, to, you know, for those kind of teams to try and get to, if they can, get to 20 points. Uh, by by the winter break which is a big ask but that's something that they'll be looking to achieve but um, St Johnson couldn't have a well, probably the second most difficult game going to Parkhead but then Steve McLean's team got a 0-0 draw right. earlier in the season first team to take points from Celtic so St Johnson will just Craig Levine will find a way for them to be competitive um, and make sure that they're difficult to break down you know that's always a thing uh, when you play against Celtic uh, for the other teams as Celtic are going to score and it's probably that they will um, make sure they they need to work really hard to get the goal make sure it's a right good goal don't be gifting them any opportunities
2: And St Johnstone would kill uh, for same again wouldn't they they'd kill for another goalless draw against Celtic
4: Yeah I I think um, famous game Brendan Rodgers speaks about is when Craig Levine left the grass a bit long at Tyne I I don't think with the current weather situation it's something (laughs) that he'll be able to do this week but what he will do is he'll take the lead off um, the three teams have got a point off of Celtic this season they'll, they'll make life really difficult for them they'll try and hang in the game as long as they can because there's no doubt if Celtic score first and, and score early like they did against Aberdeen once the shackles come off and they open you up then they can be devastating and, and you get to see Kyogo have much more of a, an impact in the game but I do think at the minute the message is well no from, from Motherwell was, let's just try and keep the game as as much as we can in front of us um and stay in the game. And while it's nil nil or like one nil like Motherwell did last week is always a point there for you. So um I don't think Krieg will provide any surprises for to Brendan Rodgers about how we approach a game.
2: And of course that's a factor for Celtic going into this one. The the very factor Stephen says that they dropped points last time.
6: Very the demand is to win every game. So uh, so for us not a great result for us last weekend. Could have won the game, should have won the game, but still could have created more, could have played with more tempo and more speed in our game. So we we, we have a good few days training. We'll do our final preparation tomorrow and then probably will be a similar game next weekend. We, St Johnson, who uh, obviously craig has gone in and used his experience, got them organised. Uh, they'll defend deep and, and with numbers. So we have to have the, the, the speed in our game, the tempo, the quality in order to break through that.
2: Rangers at home to St Mirren Sunday, what
5: is Philippe Clément looking for? No, I want to see more vertical passing, I want to see more runs in behind the defence, I want to see more connection between players and we're working hard on that. I, I explained already a few things today. Rome is not built in one day, there's work to do, there are players coming into the team, there are players coming out of injury, like Sifu is not playing at his best level in tempo, that decides also the tempo of the game how your midfield is playing so no we 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 have work to do but the positive thing is we're now 9 weeks working on uh, 9 games working together we didn't lose one in that way everybody is working hard that i can tell every fan that everybody's working hard every day in the club to raise their level and it's short and we knew Uh, with all the injuries that they had, that it's impossible that all the team is now at their best level. But we need to play every three days, so we cannot do it all the time with the same 11. So we need to make a kind of rotation between players. So it's about taking out of every game the best.
2: And they're making babies all over the place as well, uh, which is another factor, which he's been alluding to in the course of the show. Rome wasn't built in a day. Um, we can confirm that that is absolutely the case. Uh, do you think that's a a problem game for Rangers or not, Sunday, Mark?
3: Well, uh, yeah, it's got to be like you need to work hard every game. Um, you know, but nine times out of ten, Rangers should beat St. Milan and and I think they will. But it won't be easy. You, know, you need to go and make things. Happy, you need to start well, you need to get the fans on side, get them going as well. Um, you know, get their juices flowing. Um, again, listen to Philippe's comments there, he's giving you a wee insight. So, so the God, he's an one that's still looking up to it. is he really going to cut it? He's giving you a wee, he's not up to speed yet, mm. you know. So he's giving you an insight as as to why certain players are maybe not just firing and all cylinders and, and one one you know, the reason I feel for Sifuentes is, you know, he's come in with that completely unnecessary label around his neck that was given to him by Michael Beale. He'll take us to the next level. It was a ridiculous comment to make about one player that hasn't even played in, in, in Europe. Um, so, come on, you know, a young man is finding his way in the game and that's the kind of thing that players don't need and that's where there's a real naivety um, from Michael Beal. Um, but, um, Clermont player by player is giving you a wee insight as to maybe why they're playing well and maybe why they're not so much up to speed but like I said to, to give him the benefit because for me Rob Philippe Clamond's not in trial the players are on trial you know it's not the manager you can't mm. keep changing managers every six months so it's the players that are on trial and if it's no going right over the next few weeks for example they don't win the cup um, they go to Celtic Park and lose if the gap's wider come the, the, the January window then players most definitely and if they don't get go. a good result it gets better as well yeah you know, you know so yeah. it's massive it's yeah. a massive uh, four weeks coming up for Philippe Clermont.
2: What uh, what's your scoreline for uh, Ibrox on
4: Sunday Rangers 2 St Mirren 1 Stephen that's a, that's a score I've got written out. I think it's going to be inc- incredibly close. Have you been close. looking over his shoulder, no? Yeah. No, I thought he was going to go now, so I could go 2-1. <laughs> um, but would it shock me at all if, if St Mirren got something from the game? No. Um, I think it's going to be a really close game.
2: Kilmarnock against Hearts tomorrow. Are we seeing a Hearts team at the moment turning a corner, getting players like Winninghamie and Boyce back on stream uh, Craig Gordon and Craig Halkett aren't too far away either. Mm. Um, are we starting to see the real hearts and maybe the pressure lifting for Stephen Naismith a mm-hmm. bit, Mark?
3: No, not yet. No, because I think if hearts are to lose tomorrow, he's right bang under the microscope again. They get a good result there in the League Cup uh, early in the season at Rugby Park, but that'll be notoriously difficult tomorrow. That surface, Rob. I know it's the same for everybody. It's going to be minus two, minus three probably uh, tomorrow. It's going to be afternoon, like so, Yeah, so hearts will really need to dig something special um, tomorrow to go and beat uh, that Kilmarnock team and you know away from home at Rugby Park for Hearts for Stephen Naismith I don't think a draw is a bad result for them at all I would, I would take a draw all day long
2: Am I right in thinking they've won three on the bounce Hearts um, Certainly beat St Johnston They beat Johnston, yeah, after Johnston, their, their last Motherwell um, Well they lost of course to Rangers in the League Cup semi-finals so they, they've won their last yeah. three league games um, one nil. To and managed to climb the table quite nil.
3: nicely, which is good for them, you know.
2: Yeah. Do you do you what what do you think of Hearts
4: at the moment? Are we beginning to see the real thing, Stephen? I do. Well, I mean, it can't not help having the quality of Benigni and, and Boyce back. We spoke about it long enough last year about how big a loss they were I I, I think it's an, another incredibly close game. A game I watched early in the season, the quarter final of the League Cup. Um, when Brad Lyons gets it back to one each I, I thought there was only one winner and then Ari- Alex Lowry has, yeah. has that late goal um, that sparks scenes in the way end I think it's going to be another close game I just, I've just, i just gone with Kilmarnock i been so strong at home probably the conditions of the game tomorrow um, surrounding it I've gone for at 1-0 come on at 1-0 what about
2: you Mark? One each One each and that's enough for Hart would that be enough
3: for Hart to so just keep the give, keep give, the ball rolling given all the circumstances a point away from home given Kilmarnock's record Derek McInnes yeah I, I think that's a I think that's a result that kind of suits both teams in a way you know don't, just don't lose the game mm. if Livingston Ross County
2: goes ahead Mark what's your thinking of a scoreline there
3: uh, Derek Adams clean sheets mm-hmm. back to back It's two games a 0-0 and a 1-0 um, Livingston have lost 6 in the bounds
4: um 1-1 one, one. Mm-hmm. Stephen? I've gone for nil 0 yeah. I think um, Ross County obviously Nick it late I think that's going to be the mantra for Derek Adams going back being so hard to beat giving nothing away and obviously Livingston need to stop the rot not playing with a lot of confidence so I don't think the draw would be the worst for either side so nil nil.
2: Might not be the beautiful game that one I have a suspicion <laughs> last <laughs> on sports yeah <laughs> Uh, uh, if indeed it passes its inspection in the morning, it's Motherwell against Dundee at Far Park. What a start to the season uh, Tony Doherty and Dundee have had! Uh, but that was a big result for uh, Stuart Kettlewell, wasn't it, to to get a, a point at Celtic?
3: Yeah, yeah, it was a really uh, good result. You know, Motherwell dug in, and they knew they would get a, a, an opportunity, and uh, and they and they took it. Like you can you can point to Celtic the way they defended, but you've got to give credit to to Motherwell for digging in and and, and getting the goal. Um, so yeah that'll give them a lot of confidence because I think they were was it just two points from nine games or something like that previously getting yeah, that. so yeah um, and they played Dundee uh, who lost at home to Hibs but Hibbs are a good team mm-hmm. I like Hibbs under Nick Montgomery um, I'm going to go a Desmond 2-2 <laughs>
2: okay
3: another
4: draw from Mark uh, Motherwell Dundee Stephen yeah I've gone for 2-1 to Motherwell just it uh, a team that stopped a rot in terms of losses last week, but a great point. It's um, Celtics They need to build on it. So I've gone for two, one to Mullivel.
2: Okay, we've done Rangers sit Um Hibs Aberdeen. You're just raving about Nick Montgomery there, Mark. So I'm thinking you're going for a home win.
3: Yeah, I will. Yeah, you know, be on the mind. Aberdeen was a mm. really tough um, ninety minutes and and whole sinking. I know Barry will freshen it up a bit and they'll, they'll be actually be feeling good about themselves. You know, with, with that comeback. Um, However, Hibs at home, yeah, I'm
4: going to go 3-2 Hibs. Stephen? Um, I've gone for 2-1 to Hibs, just off the back of the week. Aberdeen have had, I think Hibs are building momentum. So 2-1 Hibs. And a former Hibs star yourself, of course. St. Johnson against Celtic, Stephen. Well, that's um, the only one two, we haven't done. 2-0 to Celtic. Um, I think it's notoriously the tough pitch to play on, but Celtic will find a way, 2-0. Mark? 2-0 Celtic. 2-0 Celtic. And we're all... Uh,
2: eagerly waiting to find out who Scotland get in the draw oh, tomorrow hamburg for tomorrow the, for the, the World Cup yes uh, we shall uh, find out travel plans have already been made we'll find out who Scotland play uh, tomorrow as uh, we look ahead to the Euros next summer in Germany. Thanks, Mark. And thanks, thanks, Stephen. Cheers, That's it from us back on Monday.
1: The Go Radio football show with Global Eco Energy. For your free energy home survey and bespoke quote, call 0800 233 5788.
0: Let's go! Global Eco Energy. Sell and install renewable energy products to domestic, commercial and public sector customers. With access to a wide range of renewable energy products, including solar PV, battery storage, air source heat pumps and eco-garden makeovers, we offer a bespoke service tailored to your exact needs. For a free quote and to find out more about grants and funding options, go to global-eco.co.uk.